0: There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well. Or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc.
1: Welcome to the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and we want to thank all the listeners to our show, and especially the president of our network, Jeff Spinard, and our sports director, Mr. Ray Ellis. We want to lead the show off today talking about two very serious problems in sports. The first is the sad case of David Wilson professional football player for the New York Giants, whose career is likely over. A young man who is heading into his third year in the NFL. And it appears that he has a case of multi-level spinal stenosis, a herniated disc, and underwent a spinal fusion. And the, the thoughts were he was going to do very well. However, just last week, he received another hit, He had what was called a burner, and I put that in parentheses, and it was determined by the team physicians that his spine was compromised, and that he would be risking literally his health and welfare if he were to continue playing in the NFL. I'd like to talk about that condition. Firstly, let's talk about what is spinal stenosis. Stenosis medically means that there's narrowing of the spinal canal. And essentially, this is the spinal canal where the spinal cord resides. The spinal cord runs from your neck all the way down to the top of your back. And in some people, that spinal canal is narrowed. Now, statistically, we often see spinal stenosis in older people However, many people are born with a narrowing of the canal, and we call that congenital spinal stenosis. I want to be clear that while I've read a lot about David Wilson, I, I haven't participated in his care, so I don't want to pretend to know nuances of his condition that are not generally available. So the big risk of having a narrowing of the canal is injury to the spinal cords, were the nerves that come off of the neck. Now David Wilson suffered what apparently was a herniated disc, that is a slipped disc, and further compromised one level of his neck, underwent a surgery where they did a laminectomy, removed the disc, and performed a fusion. And he recovered from that surgery. However, given the small area of the canal, his safety margin was narrowed to a very small amount. And essentially, the team doctors and multiple second opinion specialists all said, David, your career's over, you can't play anymore. The reason would be, were he to take another hit, there could be injury to the spinal cord and the chance of permanent paralysis. And with spinal stenosis in the neck, He could be quadriplegic, that is, he could have weakness in all four limbs and could be confined to a wheelchair, much like Christopher Reeves. Again, Christopher Reeves had a fracture of the neck, but were there to be a neck injury with spinal stenosis, that could have put him at risk for paralysis. And therefore, tragically, David Wilson's promising football career is now over. Now I'd like to talk about the situation with Paul George of the Indiana Pacers. Paul George was playing in a practice game for USA Basketball. He was hustling. He was contesting a layup by James Harden. He leaped with his right leg extended and crashed into the bottom of the support. The basket support is called a stanchion. And at Las Vegas, the station is closer by two feet, two inches than the NBA arenas. So therefore, there was not the usual room for him to make a safe landing. So what happened to the play was George was running full speed. His leg was extended and his right leg immediately hit into this immovable object. And essentially, he suffered a catastrophic fracture. Essentially, the lower part of his leg was fractured, the two bones, the tibia and the fibula, and this is called an open compound fracture. He was rushed to the hospital in Las Vegas, Sunrise Hospital, and two excellent physicians, Dr. Silverberg and Dr. Yu, as well as Dr. Williams, actually three surgeons, were present for the procedure. This was a devastating injury for Paul George. Only at age 24, he had risen to the top of the game and was one of the league's brightest stars. Obviously, all of us here at Voice America and on our show only are concerned about Paul George's recovery from surgery and certainly the consequences for the Indiana Pacers are far secondary to his health and welfare. Again, I didn't personally participate in the surgery of Paul George, but I'd like to generally outline for the listening audience what exactly was undertaken and also talk about what I anticipate to be Paul George's future with respect to his rehabilitation. The usual surgery for tibial and fibular fractures is outlined in a book called Master Techniques in Orthopedic Surgery and in this case the tibia is the large weight-bearing bone in the middle part of the leg and the fibula is the smaller non-weight-bearing bone. This surgery uses plates and screws and in the case of Paul George it was written that his blood supply and associated nerves were intact so while the injury was horrific and certainly horrible to look at. He was lucky because this was a pure bony fracture and the bones were broken in a fairly transverse fashion and therefore my understanding is they were able to approximate the bones during surgery and achieve an excellent alignment and according to the surgeons the surgery went well and again The plates and screws are state-of-the-art, usually made of titanium. Once the surgical approach has been completed, the surgeon will use the x-ray guidance as well as open visualization in order to reduce and align the bones and to fix the fracture. It's called fixation. The fixation can be used with certain screws called lag screws and the bones can be reinforced using what's called a combination hole plate. And that plate is used in a linear fashion to see that the bones are lined up perfectly. A compression device is used once alignment has been reached and then additional screws are placed to reinforce the uh, fixation. And if there are any fracture fragments, they should be secured with lag screws through the plates. But again, I'm not privy to the, the precise nature of the surgery for Paul George, but we're just generally speaking as to the typical surgery to align the bones and to set them properly. There is a certain projected course of recovery. Paul George is expected to miss the entire season, season, excuse me, and he would have almost 15 months before opening day of 2015. Typically, it'll take athletes nine to 12 months to completely recover from this type of injury. And this involves a period of bone healing, and then extensive rehabilitation as long as 18 months before he can start playing like his old self. There's some good news here about Paul George and his prognosis. He was in excellent shape before his injuries, had excellent nutrition, was a non-smoker, and he was a hard worker. And obviously his ultimate outcome will depend On the hard work he does at rehabilitation as well as the excellent work that was done from his team of orthopedic surgeons. Again this is a tough week for sports medicine in that we lost David Wilson with respect to his playing career. He's a young man and I'm sure he's going to um, enjoy his life but Certainly, it's not worth the risk of paralysis for him to continue playing professional football. Paul George has a different prognosis. He's going to go through 12 to 18 months of healing and rehabilitation. But there's every reason to expect that he will be able to make a full and complete return to the sport he loves. And on behalf of our team, we want to wish both of those athletes the best. We want to thank you for listening to the first segment of Bruce's Sports Talk. We'll be back in three minutes.
0: Are you ready to talk sports with a passion? Get ready for Cheap Shots with Luther Broughton and Micah Warren. We'll start off with the NFL pretty much always, but the talk moves along from there. We'll talk about the events of the week, opinions from the big names, and predictions of what's to come. Plus, we'll get to hear from you, the ultimate fan. Don't let the name of the show fool you. We're in it for the good stuff. Cheap Shots can be heard live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time or p.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports.
2: Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hot
0: What does success mean to you? Is it being just like the person on the other side of the fence where the grass is supposedly greener? We harbor too many feelings of envy and suppressed anger targeted at others, and it's holding us back from our success. Tune in to Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. Just by listening, you'll be empowered to make positive lifestyle changes to live the successful life that you deserve to live. Wealthy Thoughts can be heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now,
3: back to the show. Welcome back to the next segment of Bruce the sports doc here on the voice america sports network i am joined by andrew shoemaker and thomas fakirzada my good friends also star tennis players as we discussed but this summer what's occupying our minds right now is something that is out on the cloud on yahoo sports and that is fantasy football so guys all three of us are a huge proponent of the fcs champions league Talk about your experience and what really brings fantasy football together. Twelve gentlemen, all vying for one goal.
4: Well, personally, as the commissioner, um, I try hard to make it as fun and fair and enjoyable as possible for every member of the league. So that includes making sure that all the decisions um are fair and what the majority of the league wants um as well as making sure that certain dates like like when we host the draft um you know everyone is available to participate uh so you know it really starts off of that and um you know it's tough being the commissioner at times uh having to deal with with antics and arguments uh thrown around between different players of the league um, but overall, it's a very fulfilling job, and uh, I enjoy doing it. I think we're going into the fourth the fourth or fifth year that uh, we're doing the FCS Champions League, and uh, uh, hopefully we can uh, continue it for, for a whole lot longer.
3: Andrew, of all the things that Fantasy Football has brought to you, I mean, can you just discuss those Monday lunch periods when you get in for lunch and you've just had a couple of tough, long classes, but then you see your friends from the Champions League and you're able to kind of discuss statistics and stories and, and kind of have that chat. Is that something that definitely brings joy to you in your fantasy football experience or is it maybe something else like game day? Talk about what is most enjoyable about fantasy football to you.
5: Uh, Well, you see, um, I guess like the most enjoyable thing for me is to be able to share this experience with my friends and fellow football lovers. I mean, it's awesome every Sunday when I get to sit down, whether I'm at college or with friends from high school and just able to like share a bond watching football going to games and talking about fantasy and just loving every second of it and it's great like having some competition having some joy out of that wanting to be the best and being able to share our football knowledge with all our friends
3: Now for me, a huge inspiration in my life was the movie Moneyball with Billy Bean talking about how he was a general manager for the Oakland Athletics and how basically he had just a small sum of money compared to the powerhouses in Major League Baseball such as the Yankees and the Red Sox and how he was able to research his way to a championship and really be a general manager. So Thomas, isn't it kind of like you're living out a dream being a general manager you're kind of in control of all the panels and isn't that just an awesome aspect of the game of fantasy football having that kind of control
4: yeah you know absolutely it's a it's a really great feeling being able to have a good team um and being able to uh do all of or most of what any general manager would uh would be doing making trades filling in the roster drafting players you know it's all there and um you know, I really, I really look at the whole situation, and um, I, I try to. You know, I love uh, reading Matthew Barry's columns because uh, I think he's just a great, uh, he's a great fantasy football analyst for ESPN, and you know, I really respect his opinion um, about fantasy football. Um, but also, what I love that he that he talks about is you know the whole idea that that everything everything he does and everything any fantasy football analyst does is an educated guess you know there's there's no correct answer in any uh, in any way shape or form you know and and uh you know basically everything he's telling you may not happen you know it's just it's just his personal opinion against some someone else's um and i really like uh like I like reading his columns and listening to him talk about that kind of stuff because you know it's true and you know it you know on one side the game is is so is so real because you know it's right in front of you watching the screen every every single week week in week out but you know on the other hand it's great because you know you you have your team but you know you also have the the luxury of watching the the actual games and rooting for your personal team so that's one of the things that I've loved in the past is going through. um and being able to root for one my my team, the Philadelphia Eagles, and two, uh, being able to root for my fantasy football team, which is a close second in my opinion.
3: So, Andrew, being a longtime NFL follower, I guess for our generation, and I guess. Probably the generation above. I'd say the fantasy football, the demographic is probably about like 10 years old to about 42 years old is the demographic for fantasy football. And during the last few years, you've been a fantasy football player now for eight years. How has this enhanced your whole view and scope of the NFL landscape? Are you a more educated football fan? Because say you have a guy like Josh Gordon on the Cleveland Browns, but you don't really follow the AFC North, and now you're finally and now you're actually invested in a Cleveland Browns drive. Do does that really help educate? and kind of build your scope of knowledge around the NFL, kind of, now do you have to follow players on all different teams?
5: Yeah, I think you make a very good point, Spencer. I mean, at least for me, you definitely, you have one team that you love and you care about. And for me, that's the Philadelphia Eagles. So I can name every player, I watch every game. That's what it's all about for me. But with fantasy football, now I'm able to really appreciate all these other players on their different teams. And even the players that aren't on my teams, I kind of want them to not do as well, so I study off on them and see what they're doing what they're not doing. But it's really great for me because you get to really appreciate the skill sets and just how really how great of athletes these other players are by watching game tape and by seeing them live. So, yes, it really helps me become more knowledgeable and become an even bigger fan of the NFL and everything it has to offer.
3: Something that the modern fan struggles with, and Thomas, you're a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan. Same with Andrew. So both of you guys can kind of answer that question and know where I'm coming from. Is that it's Sunday night football? Eagles are up 13-7, and Thomas, you have Dez Bryant, and he's in the red zone, 16 yards away. You're down by five. It's the third quarter. You need a score, and you need it from Des to beat your opponent. Are you rooting? for an incomplete pass, or are you rooting for Des Bryant to torch your hometown team? And is that kind of a tough struggle that you have to deal with being a fantasy football competitor?
4: You know, it absolutely is a a tough struggle. Um, In that situation, personally, um, I would absolutely root for an incomplete pass no matter what situation. Although if the Dallas Cowboys were guaranteed to score a touchdown, you know, I would obviously want Dez to catch it, but I would still be disappointed if he caught it because the Eagles would have lost. That's just based off my commitment and dedication to the Eagles. Um, what's a little bit more difficult for me personally is when my opponent is playing someone who's on the Eagles because then I'm, you know, I'm rooting for my team and I'm going to do that the whole way along, but. Then in the back of my mind, oh, I remember that so and so has LaShawn McCoy, and if he scores another touchdown, I'm going to be in, in, in a big hole uh, this week. So, you know, that's, it's kind of tough to have that in the back of your mind. And obviously, you want your team to win, uh, you know, your favorite NFL team to win week to week, but, uh, but it's, a, it's a tough reality to face sometimes. In life and at this
3: age, it's tough to really hear advice from your friends unless I guess we're teenage guys, so unless we're talking about girls or relationships, it's tough to hear unfiltered opinions. And with fantasy football, your friends automatically like have a very strong opinion and you actually have to take a stand to be different from them. Is that maybe the greatest joy is proving people in your league wrong, proving the rivals wrong? And we all have that know it all in our fantasy football leagues. So is, is that a great aspect of the game of fantasy football?
5: Yeah, I mean, honestly, personally, for me, I like literally anybody can be a part of fantasy football and anybody can be a champion. So I feel like even the people who aren't as knowledgeable about football can go in there, just like cheer for their team and play potentially prove people wrong and at least for me um, everybody has their different strategies everybody comes in with different players that they enjoy that they like more than others and everybody has their different strategies but like fantasy football gives you an opportunity to display that to pick the players you want to play the players you want every week and an opportunity to prove that your strategy is the best And at least for me, I feel like there's definitely always people who are gunning for me. I feel like I'm definitely a player who really cares about doing well and who's proven that in the past. So I feel like, um, I don't know, my strategy and my success has really paid off and it just brings me joy to be able to, I don't know, be the best at what I do.
3: The culmination of fantasy football is draft night, and we have a minute and a half left. Thomas, just talk about how special draft night is and your experiences with it and the lead-up to the draft.
4: Well, you know, some people, you know, if they can't make a draft would just tell them that they, you know, tell the league to just auto-draft for them. That's something that I would never do in a million years because the draft honestly means everything to me. Um, being able to, to select the players that you like and toss away the players that you think are going to be bust um, really outlines the entire season for you. Um, so, you know, if you're going through the draft and you're deciding between two guys, I don't know, two very competitive guys, you could have very different seasons. Say you're making a tough decision between T.Y. Hilton and Corderell Patterson, um, and you have to make that, uh, tough decision, uh, while the clock is ticking down, you know, that's, that's a, a fork in the road that, you know, could take your season two completely different paths. And I think, I think that's a, a really... Uh, awesome aspect of the game something that I wouldn't change so draft night is honestly my favorite part of the entire season
3: very well said by both of you gentlemen and even though I'll be gunning for you in fantasy football on the show you guys have done a great job It looks like we're running to the end of segment two. When we come back, we're going to get into the specifics of fantasy football and actually talk about the players that the NFL has to offer. Take your pick around the horn. We are going to play some fun games here on Bruce's Sports Talk.
1: This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, that's presented
2: to you by Outdoor Channel. Well, I'll relive and tell the tale of my epic safari adventure to South Africa with Daniel DeToy of Kalubi Safaris, and we'll also hear from outdoor writer and TV personality Ron Spomer. So get ready for near-death Cape Buffalo encounters, Plains Game Pursuits, exquisite cuisine, and 100% Jimmy. Hey, this is presented to you by Outdoor Channel and Ram Trucks.
1: Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on The Voice America Sports Channel.
2: Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.
0: Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? (laughs) You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportstalk.com. Now, back to the show.
3: Welcome to the third segment of of Sports Talk here on the Voice of America Sports Network. I am downstairs and joined by a couple of very accomplished guests right here in the Grossinger studio, which is ported right down here in the heart of Pennsylvania. So these two young men tonight have gathered in front of me, and it is time for us to display our answers to some very challenging questions talking about fantasy football. So it looks like we are going to be discussing some challenges with this games. It looks like we are going to be coming up with games and basically we are going to be playing take your pick right here amongst the litter of players that we choose and then giving valid reasons to back up our claims. So firstly... I would like to start off with wide receivers. What do you guys think? That sounds good. You want to start off with some wide receivers? That would be jolly. Okay. Okay. It looks like we have come to an agreement. The first topic of discussion will be the pass catchers. So, should we start off at the top? Sure. Who wants to ask a question?
4: I'll ask. Okay. Okay. For both of you fellas.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Hit me up. (gasps) Segments. Okay, so it looks like Thomas is gonna tee us up with the first question.
4: Out of the top couple wide receivers, who do you think has the largest upside non Calvin Johnson division? The last word
3: division, what did that mean? The AFC, did that mean the NFC North or like not in his realm of?
4: uh, I mean excluding Calvin Johnson.
3: Okay, excluding Calvin Johnson. I got to go with my boy out of San Antonio, Texas, the Stillwater, Oklahoma State Cowboy himself, Mr. Des Bryant. And the reason I'm selecting Dez Bryant is because Tony Romo has just gotten paid to a very large contract. Des Bryant is hungry for a great season. He has Witten on the outside, Terrence Williams. This guy will be able to do some big-time damage. And he just came off his best year last season. And Tony Romo throwing the football, a division that doesn't have superior defenses, you look at that Eagles secondary, Giants secondary, and Washington, I think Des Bryant is slated to have a very big season. And if you look at Des Bryant as an athlete, I mean, you can't sculpt a better wide receiver than Dez Bryant.
5: And just to add on to your um, elaborate details on Des Bryant, um, their new offensive coordinator has already talked about Tony Romo throwing about maybe 40 to 50 passes a game, which can only mean good things for Des Bryant and their weak defense will definitely mean that they're going to have to play from behind early and often. Alright, for me, I think a player with the most upside outside of Calvin Johnson might have to be the young and the only Jordy Nelson. You see, for me, Jordan Nelson has always been a player that is dear to my heart. He came out of nowhere, and he took the world by storm. And with Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, I think this guy is an absolute bona fide stud. The reason I really think this guy is a great player is because um, I think last season he was injured, so he didn't play a full 16 games. But still, when he came back, he started right where he left off. With Aaron Rodgers and they were absolutely a great and winning combination. I think him and Aaron Rodgers have great chemistry together. Um, Aaron Rodgers is an unbelievable quarterback and I mean I just think he'll be a great pick this season.
3: I look at two guys though and A.J. Green and Julio Jones that Julio Jones is playing with an aging Roddy White I definitely think he'll be more successful than Jordy Nelson Nelson has had injuries and you look at Green Bay I mean Randall Cobb is now a healthy entity and he should be um, Aaron Rodgers' number one option so I like Jordy Nelson but I don't even think he's close to the level of Des Bryant as a fantasy player
4: yeah, for me personally, I really, uh, out of, out of the guys, you know, you know, there are those guys at the top, you know, you can say, yeah, Calvin Johnson, AJ Green, Des Bryant, uh, Brandon Marshall, Julio Jones, all of those guys are real studs. One guy who I look to make giant strides this season is one Antonio Brown from the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think this guy has a lot of potential in him, um. He's shown that uh, the past couple of years. I remember two years ago, um, I was booted from the playoffs uh, on one 75 yard touchdown in week 14 um, by Antonio Brown. And uh, ever since then, he's kind of been in the back of my mind. And I think that, um, you know, he's, he's a really fast guy he's he's a fantastic player great hands uh he can return the ball as well um he's just a big playmaker and game changer and uh i think you know obviously he's not in the same type of realm as those top tier guys um but i uh look to him being able to uh move up a little bit and become uh, a great player in this league
3: You look at the big three at quarterback, you have Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, and Aaron Rodgers, and correct me if I haven't listed anyone mentioned, I definitely think that that's the upper echelon of quarterbacks. I I think that there's a clear divide and a clear second level and second tier excluding those three guys, so Andrew, I'm going to give you the floor first. Who is the next best thing? Other than Manning Brees and Rodgers that you can maybe land in round three or four if you really want to get a solid quarterback that can put up around in the high twenties or the low thirties per game this year. <clears throat>
5: Well, revealing a little bit behind the mastermind myself, Andrew Shoemaker, um, I think that you can definitely wait on QBs this year just because of the absolute depth at the position. So I say let anybody take Manning, Breezer or Rodgers because any of the guys that w- we're about to name can definitely be up there with the best of them. So for me, the person that I think is going to take the next step is one, Andrew Luck. At least for me I had Andrew Luck last year and it it was an up and down season for the the I guess he's a second or third year man. But at least for me, with Pep Hamilton coming from Stanford, now settling in, I think they're going to have the playbook ready. I think they're going to be good to go. At least for me, and why I like Andrew Luck so much is he has a ton of weapons around him, and of course he has such a big arm. I mean, he has Akeem Nix coming in. Maybe he's had a rough couple of years, but at least for me, I think he's a great third option. You have Reggie Wayne coming back, who's still a great veteran with great hands. T.Y hilton only looking to improve on his great season and then the two tight ends of kobe fleener and dwayne allen and along with trent richardson who i still think can be a good running back in the league i think he has a lot of weapons in a not so great division where i think he's going to get away with throwing the ball a lot and playing well against maybe some some of the not so great defenses so i think he's going to be the one who's going to take the next step
3: when I look at Andrew luck, I immediately think work ethic. I immediately think of a of a guy that just is yeah, like I said, a hard worker and a guy that has all the tools that you want in a quarterback he has enough athletic ability to escape the pocket he could stand in he really could stand in and take a shot under pressure. And you saw that game versus Seattle. That was actually one of the only games that the Seahawks lost last year is that Andrew Luck actually beat that secondary, Luck and T.Y. Hilton. And then we all remember, especially Chiefs fans, I apologize, that one Saturday where the Chiefs had a 28-10 lead in that football game, and Mr. Andrew Luck brought the Colts back to send them into the divisional round. So I definitely like that pick. I don't think that he should really slide because, again, he is such a diligent worker. But a guy that I really like at this position is Matthew Stafford, quarterback out of Georgia and out of North Texas. Matt Stafford... He just has all the arm talent you'd ever want. I mean, he's a guy that's a big quarterback, but he can palm the football. He can throw it sidearm. He can throw it over the top. And the good news is there's always a guy that's on the other side, and that's Calvin Megatron Johnson, as we mentioned before. So not only do you have Megatron, but you also have a returning – You have Reggie Bush. You have Reggie Bush, Golden Tate from Seattle, but Eric Ebron. They drafted a tight end out of North Carolina. Now, Brandon Pettigrew was a little bit slow as a tight end, but now adding Ebron to the Lions, I mean, I think they're the greatest show on turf this year. It could be a throwback to the 2000 Rams when they had Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, and Torrey Holt. This team is just going to go off the charts.
4: Um, one guy that, yeah, so, uh, as I was saying, one guy that, uh, I really like, too, and, you know, you talk about the, the big three in, uh, Rogers, Breeze, and Manning, um, but to me, uh, there's a, a clear second tier, you know, you got your Cam Newtons, you got your Tom Brady's, but, you know, and I really like Andrew Luck and Matt Stafford a lot as well. One guy that I think should be included in that second tier, he can really look, uh, look to a lot um for being a competitive fantasy quarterback is one matt ryan um i think this guy uh has a lot of potential and especially with a, a healthy wide receiver uh, wide receiving uh core uh coming back and julio jones uh and roddy white you know they lost tony gonzalez but those two guys are some of the most talented wide receivers in the game uh currently and uh, i think as long as they stay healthy um, Matt Ryan has proved that he can uh, play well when he has the tools to do it, um, and I think he's one of those guys that you can look look at to have a have a big season if you're looking to get a QB a little bit deeper, like Andrew said.
3: It looks like we're coming to the end of the third segment. But in the next segment, we are actually going to mention the most overrated players in fantasy football and really take a firm stance on guys that you shouldn't draft and guys that you should draft. We'll also talk about teams and predictions for the upcoming NFL season as it is right around the corner. Stay with us. Bruce's Sports Talk in three minutes.
0: Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents and handicappers in the world of horse racing this show is the perfect complement to the winning ponies handicapping website listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in winning ponies with john Engelhart is live thursdays at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific on the voice america sports network It's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here. The Sports Girls take over the Voice America Sports Channel every Monday for The Inside Score. Beth Silverberg, Chin Chin Ong, and Stacey DeBerry are here to showcase the athletes, the coaches, and the foundations that change lives. In addition, we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week. You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel.
3: Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind
0: what you hear in sports news. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome to the final segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and we are going to finish up with a relevant topic as the NFL is, in my view, the most popular league in the world, certainly here in the United States now that the World Cup is over for another four years. And what we're going to do is we are going to talk about fantasy football. Much, many of you people out there are getting ready to choose your leagues and your players, so we want to do now, I'm going to actually be the moderator <clears throat> with the limited voice I have just enough to get to the end of the segment Then I get to convalesce for another week until we do the next show so, what we're going to do is we have our, our two guests we have Spencer the Wizard and Ben Fogel, and this is going to be rapid fire you guys are going to be on the clock 30 second answers and we're just going to go through some questions the first question is for Ben, who will be the biggest point-getter in fantasy. And who do you recommend of all the players? Who should the fans out there select as number one?
6: Personally, I like LaShawn McCoy as the number one pick. I think he's, he's the top dog. He was the top dog last year. I think he'll do it again, especially now with more experience with uh, uh, the Chip Kelly offense. And as this offense develops, I'm, it's going to be exciting. I think Darren Sprouls will take some pressure off of LaShawn McCoy. And I think he's going to have another great year and be number one.
3: I like Adrian Peterson from the Minnesota Vikings because of the fact that the quarterback in Minnesota is who again? Matt Castle, Christian Ponder, White Castle. <laughs> I mean, who really knows who the quarterback there is? And that quarterback's going to be mediocre. And I don't think touchdown Teddy and that passing game is very prolific where you look at the Eagles – They have some weapons on the outside. Zach Ertz will attract some points in the red zone. And you look at Nick Foles, 27 touchdown passes. I like Adrian.
1: Next question is, most overrated player, who is going to fall the greatest? Now, again, it could be cause of injury, just poor performance. Somebody out there, many of you are going to pick this guy, the Tony Mandridge, the dog. He will tank you. By the time Monday Night Football rolls around, you won't even be watching. You'll be so far behind. So the question will be, who will be the most overrated player in fantasy football? Mr. Fogle, you're up first.
6: Spencer, do you want to
3: go first? Yeah. Oh, he, he passes the lightning round. <laughs> that means that he's eliminated from this round. He can't win. <laughs> Well, I was thinking of a lot of guys. Um, I'm sure that I'm going to think of the next guy is going to be better than the one I pick, you know, because that's usually how this game works. But I look at Stefan Ridley as a guy that a lot of people are taking the fourth round because he has a lot of quote-unquote upside. But the thing about the New England Patriots is that when you fumble one time, you're done. You, you won't be on the field the rest of the game. And Stefan Ridley to even draft him is completely useless. You should just avoid all Patriot running backs because their leashes are extremely short. So I I would say that is my answer for now.
6: So I know earlier we talked about Nick Foles, and I am a huge Nick Foles fan, but I I do think that Nick Foles will pose some problems for fantasy owners. I mean, he had an amazing start to the season last year. His his touchdown-interception ratio was completely absurd and a lot of people have confidence in this Eagles offense going into the second year so I think a lot of people are overvaluing Nick Foles I think he's an awesome quarterback but um, being an awesome and talented quarterback doesn't always translate into fantasy points which is just at the end of the day just raw statistics and I think he does have more weapons but he will be able to spread the ball around a little bit more and I think he's going to be taken too highly in most drafts. So I I do think that most people need to at least avoid Nick Foles or, or um, maybe wait on Nick Foles and see, see if he drops a few rounds before, before taking him.
1: Well, the next question I have will relate to a position of wide receiver. We've already, uh, we've alluded to the running back. Certainly we talked about McCoy. We talked about Adrian Peterson. We all know wide receiver is a high value position in fantasy and so what I'm going to ask my guests are who do we think would be the best player? Who will be the wide receiver who should be taken number one?
6: I think Calvin Johnson, again, he's, he's always, I know I just stole Spencer's pick, but Calvin Johnson is, he's. That's
3: like the unanimous number well, one.
6: Well, but the, 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 the thing Calvin but, no, but about, about Calvin Johnson. Johnson is he's probably one of the most consistent fantasy points uh, fantasy performers in in f- fantasy football so i think you always have to look look for him and and i think i know um he never qualified as a wide receiver but jimmy graham i think in some leagues should be taken higher than than calvin johnson and he, he can put up numbers better than most receivers in the nfl and i think he is more consistent and will more consistently produce points and uh, help you win every week than calvin johnson so i think calvin johnson is the number one uh consensus pick for the wide receiver position but for for uh pass catchers just for wide receivers or tight ends especially for that flex spot i think you have to look at jimmy graham
1: well spence being the moderator we've taken two off the board so you can't have calvin (laughs) johnson or jimmy graham you got to think fast who's the next wide receiver
3: Julio Jones, Atlanta Falcons. Matt Ryan and their team had a very underwhelming season last year, so their, their hunger level and motivation to get back on the same page is very high. Roddy White continues to age, so Julio should emerge as the number one guy. And after having a subpar season last year, I really look for Julio to be that guy. Of course, Calvin Johnson is my number one. Um, but also on the overrated trail, I do think A.J. Green's a little bit overrated because just his quarterback play in Cincinnati and Andy Dalton and the emergence of Giovanni Bernard there, I definitely think will take away from AJ Green's point. So I would have to go from the wide receiver ladder. This is how it goes for me is Calvin, the clear cut number one. Then I'd go, then I'd go Julio Jones and then Des Bryant neck and neck for two and three for me.
1: Well, we're moving along nicely, and you guys are actually abiding by the time constraints, which is really exciting. and somewhat novel for the show. Let's go to another position. Let's talk quarterback, and I'm going to let you guys, we're going to do alternation. We're going to pick four quarterbacks, and you're going to say the the name of the quarterback and why. Mr. Fogel, you get the number one quarterback selection
6: I think Drew Brees. Drew Brees has been the most consistent um, or one of the, the two most consistent fantasy quarterbacks. And something that always amazes me is that Drew Brees among the quarterbacks gets overlooked in fantasy football. He usually is only taken as the second or third quarterback. And people really overlook Drew Brees' performance, but I think he's... One of the most consistent performances. He's comfortable in that offense. He's proven time and time again that he can win. And uh, I don't have many health concerns with him. And I think he's been one of the most consistent passers. And he's a perfect fit for the offense. So I think uh, Drew Brees should be the consensus number one
1: pick. Drew Brees is off the board. The next quarterback, <laughs> Spencer Grossinger.
3: <laughs> I got to go with this guy. Double check. I got to go with Aaron Rodgers green Bay Packers I mean this guy is a complete gunslinger Uh, you looked at him he had an injury last year but he came back fourth and ten all the pressure in the world all the Chicagoans on their feet and he put a dagger right in the heart of all the Chicago Bears fans right to Randall Cobb for a touchdown with Cobb healthy with Jordy Nelson just getting inked up to a nice big deal I love Aaron Rodgers. He would actually be the first quarterback. He's the most talented guy in the field.
1: So we have two quarterbacks off the board, and now we go to Ben Fogle, quarterback number 3
6: To go with Peyton Manning. I think everyone loved watching Peyton Manning um, fit into the offense and finally see Peyton Manning back on the field. Uh, I don't know if he'll be able to pull off another. What was that seven touchdown performance in Week One? That was a nice gift to fantasy owners. Um, but I think Peyton Manning again, one of the most consistent quarterbacks in in the NFL, and he's as we've seen, he was a perfect fit for the, for the offense. He just exploded, and the he he knows how to score touchdowns. And at the end of the day, that's that's what counts. And he's consistent. Fantasy football is a week to week uh sport. You have to score the most points every week. And I think um you always know with Peyton Manning he's gonna toss for at least two, three, four touchdowns every week and that's the type of consistency you
3: need to, to go to the playoffs.
1: Well, we go to quarterback number four, Spencer.
3: This is a guy that I'm just so high on, and he could possibly set a record for fantasy points this year. And I didn't pick him number one overall because I knew that he would slip to me at, at the fourth pick, and that is Matthew Stafford. This Texas boy could flat out throw the rock, and with the with the draft pick of Eric Ebron from North Carolina and athletic tight end, with Reggie Bush's health, the Detroit Lions should be possibly they might rival the st louis rams as the greatest show on turf um because i love matthew stafford big play potential big arm strength and calvin johnson on your side as ben alluded to earlier i think that he will be a stat going machine and i would even draft him over um, p.m 18 because peyton manning he doesn't have eric decker anymore and also Monte Ball in his sophomore season will take a big step up so I don't expect Peyton to um, break the touchdown uh, record he had 54 touchdowns in a season which was ridiculous I still love Peyton Manning and his upside but Matthew Stafford is an absolute gem this year I couldn't be any higher on Matthew Stafford
1: well we talked about running backs a little bit we talked about uh Mr. McCoy from the Philadelphia Eagles. We talked about AP from the Vikings. So just continuing this uh, as if this was a real draft, we're going to go to the next two running backs up on the board, and we're going to discuss the names of the players and why they would be selected. So, Ben Fogle, imagine those two excellent players were off the board and you have the rest of the running backs. Fantasy football, what is your pick?
6: I have to take Jamal Charles, I think. <laughs> I see Spencer Spencer laughing over there, but I know a, lo- a lot of uh, a lot of players are actually taking Jamal Charles first overall. I don't think he'll be able to put up the same numbers as as Lashawn McCoy, um, but I, I Jamal Charles is going to be a top three running back. He can score touchdowns. He can find the end zone, and he's he's got he always has a potential to break off a, a big run and really, really put up big numbers. So I think Jamal Charles, while he might not uh, be the number one pick, as many people are predicting, I think he's going to be a, a shoe-in for a top five running back, and I think he'll probably notch a, a top three uh, spot.
1: Well, we're all hanging for Spencer's choice, but there's a the sound. <sniffs> Arian that, that's the sound of the, the end of the lightning round. Our segment is over. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We, uh, we certainly uh, batted around a lot of interesting sports topics tonight. We didn't get to any sports medicine. I think there's so much going on. And we want to thank all the listeners. We want to thank Jeff Spinard, our president. We want to thank our sports director, Ray Ellis, of Voice America Sports, and most importantly, the listeners. Uh, I want to thank you guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the Sports Doc. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grosinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then.